0: Thank you, thank you. Good morning. Good morning, fam. How are you? All right, there is a standing offer, remember, always on the table or the platform as it may be, that if you amen me really well, what's coming? There's a Hagen story to be had, and he's not here. Okay. Real quick, um, up here on the platform at a couple different places and we're gonna have some response time later. I have cards with my contact information. So if I've been in a class that you're in this week or uh, last time I was here, or maybe it'll be next time that I'm here in November, but we haven't had a chance to connect other than that, this has my contact information on it. Feel free to use that. Um, I am available to you not just this semester, but ongoing. And on this side, it says a very important thing to learn. It says it doesn't snow in San Francisco. So in another month or two, when you're like freezing, we don't get to freezing on the peninsula. That doesn't happen. Now we did not have power this week because of those fires. Thank you for praying for those, Um, but that's back on. And uh, I live in an incredible area. Uh, We need not just People who are pursuing ministry or church leadership here, but we really need people who can get other jobs because it's very expensive to live where I live. And so uh, we are in the same city that YouTube is headquartered in. We need influencers, we need tech people, we need computer majors, we need education majors. We have uh, the teacher shortage that is happening throughout the country is just, ridiculously bad in California, but specifically on the peninsula in the Bay area, specifically special ed teachers. If you're in special education track, we need you. We really need you, and I um, happen to know a really great church that you could come be part of the family uh, while you live out your calling and those different ways, so follow up with me talk. All right, Uh, real quick, there's a social media slide up there. It's got my information. If you don't grab a card, you can connect that. If I say something really nice, you could always post it, and if it's really bad, please fix it first. Okay, ready for me to pronounce some names wrong in front of professors who actually know how to say them? Amen. (laughs) Fun times. Joshua chapter three, starting with verse one. Early the next morning, Joshua, that's an easy one. And all the Israelites left the Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you've never traveled this way before, underline that if you have an actual paper Bible, and they will guide you. Stay about a half mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the Ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the morning Joshua said to the priests lift up the Ark of the Covenant and lead the people across the river and so they started out and went ahead of the people. The Lord told Joshua today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant when you reach the banks of the Jordan River take a few steps into the river and stop there verse 9 so joshua told the israelites come and listen to what the lord your god says today you will know that the living god is among you he will surely drive out the here's the really bad part canaanites hittites heavyites paris somebody the g's the a's and the j's above you (laughs) greek and hebrew were a really long time ago you guys look The Ark of the Covenant, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priests will carry the Ark of the Lord and the Lord of all the earth. As soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut upstream and the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. Then the and the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the ark of the Lord's covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. So when serving as an executive pastor and in different roles in ministry in my life, I was still trying to figure out what I was gonna actually do when I really became a grown up. Because during my 20s, after college, I knew I wanted to be in vocational ministry, Uh, started out working with kids and really realized pretty quickly that I like my kids, but not necessarily other people's kids. And so I really wanted to work with adults. And so I worked with TEEDs, I worked with young adults, different different phases of my life, and then ended up as an executive pastor working with adult discipleship, small groups, ministry development, church planting, and all of these things. But I was also serving in a number two role under an amazing leader, you might know him. And during that time, it was me figuring out who I am taking all of my experiences, taking that call of God on my life when I was a teenager and when he had asked me to follow him into vocational ministry and to minister the word and I knew I wanted to preach and I knew I'm a natural leader, but it was all of these things that Coming together and add to the fact of, okay, this is the movement and I am in, and yes, we have been ordaining women since before women were allowed to vote in this country, but maybe our praxis hasn't always lined up with our policies on you know women in ministry, and so that was kind of a difficult journey. And then realizing serving in a number two role that I am not designed to be a number two. There are people that that is an amazing gifting and grace upon their life, and it wasn't on mine. You can ask Pastor Scott. And so realizing that I was wanting to step into another role, and that it was probably time for me to seek a senior leadership role, there was a problem. I had absolutely no idea what that would look like because I had simply never met any female lead pastors. I'd met some female missionaries. I'd met some amazing women of God who were communicators and preached the word, but I didn't know any lead pastors that were women. So I went to my pastor. And talked with President Hagen and said, "You know, this is what I'm feeling." He's like, "Yeah, absolutely." And we talked about it. And he's like, uh, "I just have no idea what that's going to look like because he hadn't seen it either." I remember him saying to me, "Kathy, I have no idea how you be a wife and a mom of five kids." By the way, one of my kids is with me today. It's a different one than last time. Ari, say hi. Stand up and wave. He's wearing his North Central shirt. <laughs> Ari is my youngest, he's nine years old, almost 10. And Pastor Scott said, I, I don't know how you'll be a wife and a mom of five kids and plant a church. I have no idea what that would look like. So you're just gonna have to go write the book on it. But I didn't wanna write the book on it, I wanted to read the book on it. <laughs> I'm a nerd and I like that study process. So I wanted to engage with others and hear some best practices and learn some things. And I had done that about ministry, but how was I going to do that looking like me? Because everybody thought it was going to be so different. So was it actually going to be so different? I don't know. And I remember wrestling and having these conversations over and over with God and people would say it's about recognizing a call on your life. It's about knowing what God has asked you to do in any sort of platform, in any sort of environment or marketplace and I still could not recognize that because by definition to recognize something you need to have seen it before. So I didn't know how to see that in me. Until one day, the conversation with God said, just look in the mirror. If you need to see it, hey, front row, just look in the mirror. That's how you can see it. Kathy, that's how you can see what it's going to look like. That's how you can figure out what it's going to be because I'm calling you to do it. There's this narrative story of my life and and my pursuit of the call on my life. It was about finding the truth from God. So I read this entire chapter of Joshua, Joshua chapter three, because I love uh, narrative sermons Because if I don't want others to define me by a single taken out of context moment in my life, then I probably shouldn't try to define what God is saying by a single taken out of context verse in the Bible. I can't cherry pick a verse if I want God to speak into the entire narrative of my life. So I wanna look at the whole narrative of what was going on in the passage. And I get to verse four and it says, since you have never traveled this way before. Hold on, we just read this entire chapter. Body of water, need to get to the other side, gonna step in, waters are gonna split, You're going to walk through on dry ground. I'm sorry, but can't I turn back a few pages and see where that happened before to the same people group? But why is this generation looking at it and saying, this is something you've never done before? See, there is a significant difference between what you have seen and what God has done. I had never seen anyone doing what I'm doing, but that doesn't mean God hasn't done it. That doesn't mean God hasn't done it, isn't doing it now, or can't do it in the future. A generation ago, two generations ago, For some of the Israelites, when things were happening, there was no Insta last time to record it and put it in a highlight so it stays there. There was no VCR to play the old tapes on. Do any of you in this room know what a reel-to-reel is? See, our problem is that secondhand stories from someone else don't build a confidence in our own ability to go and do that thing. Joshua had to be reminded earlier in this book, be strong, be courageous, be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid, be strong, be courageous. See, he had heard about these amazing conversations with God that Moses had had, but we are never told, there's no record of Joshua ever having any amazing conversations with God until Moses is gone. Moses didn't have someone to conveniently hand a baton to him. You could argue that he had to go and pick it up off the ground. Verse 7, the Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. You will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Can I point out to you, he was already the leader? But God said, yeah, you might have the responsibility, but now you're going to have the experience You didn't know what you were getting into, but now we're gonna make you a great leader and they're gonna know it. See, Joshua knew this could be done, but others didn't necessarily see him in that role. They knew Moses had been a great leader, but Joshua's different than Moses. Be strong, be courageous. I wonder, did he not even see himself that way yet? Did he not have a mirror to look in yet and recognize the calling on his life? Because he was so different from Moses who it's written about there was never and never has been a prophet like Moses. This part of this passage uh, in church tradition appears on what's called the lectionary. So many churches use this tradition and it helps you to teach the whole Bible over the course of a series of years so that you make sure you're not um, just picking things but that you're really giving people the whole counsel of truth. And this passage in Joshua appears the same week that the gospel passage in Matthew chapter 23 does. Matthew chapter 23 says, then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example for they're not actually practicing what they preach. So one scholar puts it this way, the gospel text states emphatically that those who humble themselves and who do not presume to occupy Moses' seat will be favored by God. Well, Moses went through and he walked on dry ground. So since that's the only way I've ever seen it done, maybe I should walk through on dry ground. Here's the problem, the miracle was not the walking. The miracle was the dry ground. We think the way we're gonna do something, the model that we're gonna be, the how we're gonna live out our calling and what God is calling you to do in this world is the miracle. No, the miracle is the dry ground. The miracle is what God is doing and has done before and will continue to do. Do not get it twisted. Don't put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. It's not they walked on dry ground, it's they walked on dry ground. That gospel passage goes on to say, the greatest among you must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. Back in Joshua, the, the writer kind of slows down the pace at this point in his just amazing storytelling in Joshua 3, and it lets us kind of savor and anticipate what's about to happen with the way it's written out. Joshua chapter three, verse 15, but as soon as the feet of the priest who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away. I'm here perhaps for you to recognize somebody doing what God's calling you to do. But I am also here to remind you, you might need to pioneer. You might need to look in the mirror in order to recognize the call on your life, to go and do it differently than you have ever seen modeled or taught to you before. Why? because I cannot expect others to walk through on dry ground if I'm afraid to wade into the water. I have to be willing to wade into the water first. Worship team, I'm gonna invite you to come on up. You trying to figure it out? Trying to look for other models? Somebody says to you, that sounds amazing and it sounds like what you're called to and I agree with that but I have no idea what it would look like you're looking around you're reading the history books we don't read history about a missionary who goes to another country and is killed by a tribe in order to go and be killed by a tribe, we read about that missionary in order to capture the passion and the calling on their life to go and do what God has called us to do passionately. It's okay if you learn the models and then make a new one. So this morning, here's what I'm gonna invite you to do. Recognize the call of God on your life. Whoa, y'all can fix that later. Look in the mirror. Recognize the call of God in your life. So, here's what we're going to do. As we go back into a time of worship, we have plenty of time. Okay? And I want to challenge you today if you don't have anyone to look at, come look in a mirror. Because the miracle isn't you walking, it's the dry ground. God's gonna give you. I'm gonna call you to action. Will you walk? Will you come to this altar? Will you come to these places to recognize what God is saying to you? And then will you name it? There are markers at each station. And I want you to take one. Just take a moment, because we only have four stations. And as you pray, then approach this mirror to recognize that call in your life. And I want you to take one of the markers and anywhere, somewhere on the mirror, I want you to write what God is calling you to do, whether you've ever seen it before or not. Here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what God has told me to do. Friends, we can't start a movement if we won't start moving. Father, we thank you. We thank you for dry ground. We thank you that your miracle is people's lives being changed. For people coming into the family of God. However you are calling us to do that through education, through business, through law, through policies, through social work, through preaching, through hospital care. You changing people's lives. You delivering them bringing them into the promised land, a place of freedom and plenty. You're gonna make that dry ground. Give us the boldness. Give us the confidence to take the responsibility before we ever feel like a great leader in the eyes of anybody else. To recognize the call of God on our lives. Students, will you please stand and worship with me this morning?